Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, this is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Jennifer Ryan, standing in for Connor and Surika. Today... We look at Berlin's radical housing referendum and ask, could it ever happen here? On September 26th, a referendum was held in Berlin. The question, should landlords be forced to sell nearly a quarter of a million apartments to the city? The goal, to reverse the massive rent increases that campaigners say threaten normal life in the city. I know people of my age who are like thinking about having a baby and they really see they can't have it here. Berlin resident Jenny Stupka was among those celebrating when the referendum passed. There have been like huge processes within 30 years uh, that have favoured profit interests and we are like really taking a huge step against this. The move to take control of the city's housing could redefine the relationship between landlords and tenants and it has caught the attention of housing activists here in Ireland. But as we'll hear later, many obstacles remain, even in Berlin. Derek Scali is our Berlin correspondent. Derek, you've lived in Berlin since the year 2000. How has the city changed in that time around the issue of housing and the affordability of rent? It's hard to believe, actually, I'm still living in the same city. I arrived here as a student, actually, in 99 for the first time. And when I moved back in 2000 full time, it really felt like the city that market economics forgot. People were leaving the city. There were lots of empty apartments, about 150,000 empty apartments. Landlords were begging people to move in. I remember one landlord at a viewing said, if you move in, like you can choose a kitchen. Just tell me what kitchen you want. I'll get you that kitchen. But really, the economics have changed everything. We started to see investors piling into the market. And that really started to change things. And for 80% of Berliners who rent, things have gotten very uncomfortable in the last 10 years because a lot of these people who are buying up blocks of apartments or entire portfolios, they're borrowing the money. And, you know, they have to make their calculations themselves because they owe money to the bank. So a lot of tenants, you know, the 80% of Berliners who rent are really starting to see in the last few years the supposed security that they had being hollowed out by increasingly inventive investors, including an institutional investors who know exactly what they need to do to up the rent, but aren't really interested in doing the little things that make living in an apartment you know, pleasant, like having heat or having a lift. Um, so that's the, the circumstances in which we're, we are at the moment in Berlin. And just over a week ago, Berliners voted for the city to take ownership of hundreds of thousands of apartments. The apartments are leased to tenants by large private companies who like to increase rents frequently. 
The referendum says the city should be able to buy these apartments for less than they'd cost on the open market because of a clause in the German constitution which says the state can take control of private property if it is in the public good. The referendum isn't legally binding, but the centre-left leader of the city government has said she will respect the vote. Derek, how did that referendum come about and who's behind it? Yes, well, the referendum came about from a group called uh, Deutsche Wohnen and Co. and Eignen, which means expropriate Deutsche Wohnen and company. And it is a citizen's initiative started in 2017 when the rents really were rocketing up um, by locals here in Berlin. Deutsche Wohnen, the company named in the in the initiative, is one of the largest uh, corporate uh, landlords in the city. It's a publicly listed company. It owns 111,000 housing units. And the idea is of this referendum, anyone who has any uh, legal entity that has more than 3,000 apartments should be forced to sell them to the city at a particular price. The vote went through with, I think it was 56% support, 39% against. So hugely controversial, quite popular, because even if people aren't squeezed today as a tenant, many people are living in fear that they will be tomorrow. I got involved in the initiative right in the beginning. This was like four and a half years ago. Jenny Stupka, who we heard in the intro, is a spokesperson for the campaign to expropriate apartments. I'm affected myself because my landlord now is one of the 13 big housing companies that is on our list uh, of like expropriation uh, candidates. My uh, rental contract is actually one of the worst I've ever seen because the rent rises by 7% every year and it has been doing so for the last eight years. High rents don't just mean people are left short of cash, says Jenny. She describes knock-on effects on life in the city, effects that are sadly familiar to anyone affected by the housing crisis here in Ireland. Our neighbourhood, which is really lovely, uh, is one of the neighbourhoods in Berlin with like the highest pressure on people living here now regarding rents because the income is like particularly low and rents if they are like if apartments are rented out anew are particularly high so the relation between these two values is like very bad for people like if you are forced out of your current flat in this neighborhood you won't be able to find another one so that's why it is necessary, because the whole city is changing. People are forced out of their neighborhoods. People are forced away from their families and their friends. And this, of course, really affects like the essential conditions for good human life. The week before last, your campaign was successful in getting a referendum passed for the city to take ownership of 240,000 apartments. How would that help fix these problems? Big housing-owning companies have really bought a high percentage of apartments in Berlin within the last 10 years. Like if you see their portfolio, yeah, the range of apartments they have here has really increased a lot. And it has a systemic reason why they have such a bad influence or impact on the housing market. It's simply that their aim is to make profit with our rents and like to to, to give it to their shareholders. So systemically, they have the need to like put a lot of pressure on uh, people who rent their apartments. Once in the city's hands, rents in these apartments can be kept low and the 3,000 apartment limit for landlords will also tame the market. At least that's the theory, according to campaigners. But others say it's not quite that simple. Here's Derek Scally. 
it's an advisory vote. It's not a legally binding vote. And the new mayor, there was a, a new state government was elected at the weekend. And they've said, we will respect the vote. We'll look into it, but it has to be constitutionally sound. And that's where the big asterisk comes in because it's not at all clear if it is constitutionally sound. Uh, the campaigners will say, um, yeah, there's a, a little notice clause uh, saying you're able to take ownership if there's a public need. And that's all well and good. But there's also a clause in the constitution saying, you know, just making sure copper fasting people's property rights. Um, so it's not at all clear if, if this is legal. And, um, we already have experience with unconstitutional initiatives. Um, last year, the Berlin city state government came up with this rent cap. Uh, it said the housing market is out of control. It's overheated. We need to build new apartments. But until we do, going to cap the rents. Uh, and this went this went to the constitutional court, the highest court in Germany, and they said, uh, this is illegal. You cannot, as a, as a state, determine um, what the rents should be. That's a private contract. And the landlord has rights too. So this, this is all very interesting and all very exciting. But many people I've talked to said it's quite likely that this also will be dumped out and say it's uh, unconstitutional to try and strip people of their property, even if you're going to compensate them. And what's the reaction been like from the companies like Deutsche Wohnen that own the apartments that would be affected by this? It's funny, uh, the, there really hasn't been any reaction from them. I think they're biding their time. Um, I mean, Deutsche Wohnen, it's, um, as I said, it's a publicly listed company. There isn't really much sympathy for Deutsche Wohnen. I mean, they're one of the most unpopular landlords in the country. They have an absolutely terrible reputation. They'll leave people without heat or their lifts working for weeks at a time, but they'll very quickly to modernize your bathroom or something because they can up the rent then. Um, and as I said, they have over 100,000 apartments in Berlin. Their rents are going up all the time. Um, um, you know, the rents rose, the profits rose last year, 425, nearly 426 million euros. So um, it's a publicly listed company. They seem to be doing just fine. And this, I think, is an important point. This campaign at the weekend was effectively trying to reverse, at least in part, a decision made by the Social Democrats, the leading party in Berlin in 2004. They they flogged, um, I think it was about 65,000 flats to this company and to other companies um, for an absolute, you know, ridiculous price of 400 million euro. Effectively, that was about 6,000 euro per apartment. Um, and now it's a multi-billion deal to buy them back. And this is where things get awkward. So people rightly want to correct something they say was a terrible disaster because um, they say once you don't have public landlords, the private market can do what it wants. But the more apartments are in public hands, you can sort of adjust the rent because you're not solely concerned with uh, commercial interest. So they say that the campaigners say that returning to such a situation would um, be the most social, socially just for all campaigners. Unfortunately, a lot of people are saying, look, all the money we're spending buying back apartments, it's great for the people who live in those apartments, but there are a lot of people who are looking for apartments. A lot of the forecasts say we need 20,000 apartments a year to be built. But if you're buying back apartments, um, you've spent a lot of money, but you have no new flats. So really, a lot of people in Berlin are ambivalent to this. And some people have even said, look, this is populism. It meets a lot of the definitions of populism. It sounds good. It sounds great. Everyone wants it. Um, but, you know, it's a complex situation and coming up with a simple solution to a complex situation and then finding a scapegoat and blaming it all on them, the corporates, 
you know, for some people that meets the definition of populism. So it's really a tricky situation now because the public will is there, but the politicians still have to respect the law and the constitution. And after last year's disaster with the rent cap that was thrown out and the politicians in Berlin say, look, we can't, we can't break the constitution a second time. That would just, you know, that would just look careless. Is there any possibility of a compromise? Would a promise, uh, for example, to keep rents lower satisfy campaigners? I think that's I think that's probably where we're going to end up. I think the most interesting part about this referendum is the signal it sends. The signal it sends is that Berliners are um, don't mess with the Berliners. They're a tough lot, um, and there's a huge lobby. You know, eighty percent of the city is renting. So, unlike in Ireland, you know, they have their overwhelming majority. Politicians cannot afford to ignore the will of tenants. So, I'd say what you're going to see is maybe not the big bang that this, these campaigners are looking for, but definitely we've, we're probably going to move beyond lip service of people saying, "Of course, it's very important for people to have somewhere to live," but actually saying, "Well, what are you planning to do about it?" So, there's probably going to be some sort of a compromise where they won't be stripped of their apartments and they won't have the city won't have to pay billions to them but they'll probably come up with some package and they'll come up with other ideas to maybe simplify building new apartments and maybe promise these companies that they can build the apartments so something to try and make everyone happy but um, I mean the campaigners are quite confident and they're quite pushy that they want their will uh, pushed through but there is a constitution and there are such things as property rights. It will be a, a, a debate. It will be probably a long, a longish debate, but it's coming, uh, I think, at a really good time. And I think that's really what politics is about, listening to people's concerns and then finding a compromise with, with which all sides can live. I put those issues to campaign spokesperson Jenny Stupka. If the purchase of the apartments goes ahead, it will be very expensive. Even if below the market rate is paid, it could cost 30 billion euro or more. But that won't create any new housing in a city that, as you say, really needs more housing. So what is the aim of this move? Why is it better to spend money in this way than to spend it on building new housing? I mean, first of all, you are using a number that is already like <laughs> the position of one party in this whole debate, uh, because we are stating that it would be about 10 to 11 billion. And we really have a different model of... Um, estimating the, the price, the compensation, because we say the aim of the whole socialization of these houses is to establish the possibility of having lower rents. So this is the aim, and we have to start from this. So if we have a certain amount of rent that is paid within those 240,000 apartments, we can then make our count like of how, how much could the city afford to pay as a compensation. Because if you, if you do it the other way around and, for example, start with market value, which would be 36 billion at the moment, of course, that's not um, a solution between different positions of interest. And this is really stated in the German uh, constitutional law, that if you have socialization, the compensation for the expropriation should be in the middle of interest of parties involved. And just saying, okay, we're going to compensate them for the market value wouldn't be such a compromise, obviously. So I would really suggest to take people seriously uh, who actually put forward a model which would make a, uh, like a point of finding a compromise at least. Because also, like in the current market value, there's the whole speculation already within the price. 
because they are speculating on on raising uh, rents even further in the coming years, and the value of the of the shares actually relies on this um, on this view for the future. So, like I mean, this is really the struggle between how strong politics dares to intervene in economic, like seemingly natural processes, and we are saying, okay, there is this idea of socialization. Uh, within the German constitutional law. And if you have an aim with socialization, then this aim can't be, uh, like, it has to be possible with the means that you have. So uh, the compensation should be affordable for the city of Berlin. Otherwise, like, the constitutional ability of socialization would be negated. And what about the new housing? Why is it better to spend 10 billion on these apartments than to build new apartments? Our campaign is completely in favor of building new housing. It's just that most of politicians right now who speak a lot in favor of uh, buying new housing, they actually want to work together with the same old building and housing companies. And then you have the same systemic problem again, because they have their shareholders, they want to make as much money as possible. So actually, yeah, well, if the city itself would build a new and not within a profit-oriented company... That's fine too, but still you have like, it's it, like 240,000 apartments will actually be almost every fifth house in Berlin. So having every fifth house in Berlin in a situation where it is not profit driven would really make a huge impact on the whole situation. Because as I mentioned before, it's not only the problem people are not finding new apartments, at all, it's also people are forced out of their social structures and their social networks and this is something that building a new can never replace and that's why we're doing the campaign as we're doing it. And are you negotiating now with these companies like Deutsche Wohnen for better conditions and lower rents or are you determined to push through with the the purchase of the apartments? Yeah that's absolutely our aim like we are (laughs) we are looking uh, for really Like, yeah, we are pressuring towards really socializing these houses. That's our aim. And of course, on the way, there are several side effects. You can already see that big housing companies are behaving a bit differently uh, since we started. They've really gotten under pressure. And also politicians are really in a situation that they actually are willing to put forward stronger policies. For example, we had this project of a rent freeze, which was then, um, yeah, didn't hold before the before the law court, but there was this intent, and they particularly said it was the social democrats who came forward with this idea, and they already said, uh, yeah, this is an idea that we try to realize in order to um, to make this initiative stop, basically. So there are side effects, but our aim is really to make a huge structural change to the city. Finally, there are concerns about whether this is legal. We've heard a previous law to freeze rents in Berlin was struck down in the courts. Couldn't that happen again here? So in order for our referendum to take place, there was already a test regarding the constitutionality of our uh, idea. If not, there would never have been this referendum. And in different stages, they have tested it. And like seven different... Um, experts have come to the uh, to the result that it is ex- actually permissible, uh, and then there are three other ones, like from legal experts that state otherwise. But actually, all three of them 
have been uh, issued by Deutsche Wohnen and other lobbying organizations. So actually, to date, it seems pretty clear, even among experts, legal experts, that our idea is uh, permissible. Rents in Ireland have increased a lot in recent years, and this referendum is being seen by some here as inspiration for radical action that could happen. Have you engaged with activists in other countries like Ireland, for example? Yeah, no, like we really feel the big interest, the, like because um, yeah, this problem is the same in basically all bigger cities around the world. So people have been and other activists have been contacting us a lot. And I've, for example, been talking to um, organizers from Scotland who are like looking at doing something similar, but not in Ireland, actually. Coming up, could it ever happen here? What the law says about expropriation in Ireland. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ireland and Berlin are both experiencing big rent increases these days. And both are attracting more investment from big institutional landlords. The vote in Berlin was seen by some campaigners here as symbolic of radical action required to solve the chronic housing affordability problem. But could it work? I asked Hilary Hogan, a PhD researcher in constitutional law at European University in Florence, and Ombra Kennedy, our economics reporter. Hilary... Could the government here legally take possession of privately owned apartments? So the state has the power to perform compulsory purchase orders of property, provided it's in the public interest. So the onus is on the state to argue that there's a clear and pressing need for that kind of action. Uh, The measure would have to be tailored. So, for example, my understanding is that that measure, which was introduced in Berlin, was targeted at property owners or companies which owned over 3,000 housing units, the kind of huge property owners. But I think the key issue in this jurisdiction is that the starting point that the courts have set out is that someone who's been deprived of their property is entitled to full compensation or at least to full, something close to full market value um, for for being deprived of their property. Now, the courts have suggested that in some circumstances it might be possible to have less than full market compensation provided but they would set quite a high threshold for a scheme where the owner would receive less than full market value. So hypothetically, the state could argue, could produce evidence that the long-term value of the property is different to the current market value or 
that the purchaser had paid a much lower price for the original purchase of the property. But it's quite difficult to anticipate how the court would rule on something like that. It would really come down to the fine details of the legislation. Owen, what about the economics of this? What would the upsides and downsides of a move like this be? Before answering just what the benefits might be, it's worth giving a bit of context in terms of just how we got here. Over the past two decades, income and house prices have effectively decoupled. They used to shadow each other. Now house prices, particularly in cities, are gross multiples of basic salaries. Remember, the central bank's rule of thumb is that you should borrow no more than three and a half times your income to buy a home. Average prices in Dublin are now nine times the average full-time salary. So that equation just doesn't work for most people anymore. The knock-on effect is falling home ownership rates, particularly among young workers. And I suppose the second big trend is that governments for the past three decades have stopped building social housing and shifted to providing rent supports instead. This has pushed rents higher and higher and led to a renewed focus on rent controls. This is particularly evident here and in Germany. And then the third big trend, and perhaps the most controversial one at the moment, the rapid rise in rents, they're nearly double what they were 10 years ago has triggered the arrival of investment funds, or cuckoo funds, as they're disparagingly referred to here. They've been accused of chasing would-be buyers out of the market and bidding up rents. So that's the context in which Berliners are considering a measure to buy out big landlords. And remember, Germany, and Berlin in particular, used to have the most stable and arguably one of the most affordable property markets in Western Europe. So the upside of the state becoming a landlord is that it should, in theory, drive down rents as a significant plank of the cost, namely the profit which the landlord derives from the equation is removed. And ultimately, more affordable housing is the chief objective here. Another possible upside is that as landlord, the state could offer tenants greater security of tenure. And tenancy rights have traditionally been weak in Ireland. There are, of course, downsides to such a move. The downside to state becoming a landlord is that such a move is likely to scare off funds from investing in the market. Nearly all the apartments being built in Dublin are being built with money from foreign investors. It's unlikely that this would continue, at least on the same level, if the state began forcing big landlords to sell up. Could we live with this in the interest of affordable housing? Many would argue yes. Another possible downside is that the state money used to buy out these landlords would presumably have to come from the government's housing budget. And this could potentially limit our spending on other social and affordable housing. So maybe these costs are worth bearing, especially to get rents down. But a careful cost-benefit analysis would have to be undertaken, I think. Owen, Hillary, thank you. Thanks to Hillary Hogan, Owen Burke-Kennedy, Derek Scally and Jenny Stubka. You can read more about Ireland's housing crisis or Derek Scally's reports from Berlin on irishtimes.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.